You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on this issue of Wrestling Talk. Why am I singing if it's Wrestling Talk? Hey, thanks for joining us. We've got a great show for you. That's what I'm talking about today. Uh, Before we get to the show, let me remind you that we need you to uh, pay a little more attention to our social media because that's what I got to do. So right now on the Twitter, you can find us at TNWPod. We've just finally reached 100 users, followers. Thank you very much for following us. We appreciate the love. On the Instagram, we are at Talking Wrestling podcast so instagram talking wrestling podcast at talking wrestling podcast uh on gmail we are uh talking wrestling at gmail.com on facebook we are talking wrestling as well on the facebook do us a favor the facebook page is brand new if you could scroll by maybe give us a like you don't have to hang out there unless you want to hang out there there are a lot of pictures each badge of each episode our issue is up there as well as the links to the issue on itunes all sorts of uh of stuff like that is going on so um yeah head over there give us a like and we would appreciate that if we could get those numbers going up that would be fantastic i know there's more than 74 people that like talking wrestling with that said also If you're on the iTunes, please don't forget to uh, rate, review, and uh, subscribe. Um, We would very much appreciate that. If you leave us a review and five-star rating on iTunes, we will get you an 80s postcard. We recently just had a couple new reviews come in, which I'm about to... uh, check out right now and uh, read to you uh this one review uh comes from the united states and uh, it's the latest one uh let's see right here okay here we go snack pack 888 may 31st 2018 snack pack uh we are reading your review thank you very kindly uh make sure to uh will hit us up on one of the socials that we just told you talking wrestling at gmail or at tnw pod and let us know that you heard this and we can figure out what postcard to send you out out of the uh, postcards that we have left uh this is what he gave us a five star and uh thank you very kindly he said having known casey due to friendships with a different wrestling podcast i'm ashamed it took until the rj city episode to check out this show casey is a joy to listen to as he delves into conversations with his guests without making the show feel like anything more than two people hanging out very refreshing um thank you for those words uh, that is exactly what i'm going for uh when i try to do this show i want it to feel like a conversation and uh, i appreciate that so um hit us up and let us get you your postcard uh snack pack 888 uh snack pack oh fuck i love pudding who doesn't love snack packs 
I love snack bags. So thank you for that. Uh, the wrestling equivalent of a fireside chat. Beautiful. Mwah. Free postcard coming out your way as soon as you hit it up to us. Folks, that's how easy it is. So hit us up on the rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we are also on Spotify. I don't know how you look for things on Spotify, but we are also on Spotify. Talking Wrestling's on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, check out Talking Wrestling and check out Casey Corbin while you're at it. Uh, my CD vampires are popular on there. Enough about the promotion machine. This is all that we can do is big promotion machine that's going on. But we are here for one thing, and that is to talk wrestling. And on the show today from uh, Legendary. Well, they, he says not legendary, but I will say definitely a cult following of this show. Huge cult following. Uh, legendary in Canada, I think, when it comes to comedy. This show, Kenny versus Spenny. Uh, from the co-show, Kenny versus Benny, we have one of the co-stars, Spencer Rice, on today's show. And we have that interview coming up for you right now with Spenny. Spenny, take it away. First of all, you should see me right now. I'm in an undisclosed location, undisclosed location in Kingston, in a park, in the shade by a babbling brook with a guitar. I look like, uh, without the talent, of course, Jimmy Page in uh, Song Remains the Same. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, see, now I have no need to go see Robert Plant tonight at the amphitheater because I've got is Jimmy. Is he there? Apparently he is. It's a good tie-in. In, in Toronto? Yeah. In him Toronto? And, him and Cheryl Crow are playing there tonight down in Toronto. Yeah. Nice. So, are they boning each other, do you think? They must be. I don't know. I would think so. I would she's, think- a, she's, a, she's a slut, a really talented, incredible slut, and I love her. Well, he used to bone Alana Miles. So I think no Cheryl Crow's no way, way hotter no than way. Atlanta Miles. Oh Did yeah, he really? Yes, yes. She toured with him, and he boned her the whole time. Have you seen the Coulier commercial? <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah, he's on a funny commercial, and you know, jagged little pill. You know the whole story there. He's oh, the of guy. Of course, yeah. It's a funny commercial. I I don't know. I don't know. I I can't form an opinion about him, but she's pretty much amazing. That that album is incredible. Which one, Jagged Little Pill? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a fantastic album. She, uh, well, she's from Ottawa, so and I'm from Ottawa too. So, but uh, I, I always have friends that say they knew her and stuff like that, but I don't know what's true and what's not true because no, she's too sm- she's too smart for any of your friends. I would probably say so. Yeah. And me too, by the way. And me too. It's sad because I just I she's got a huge forehead, which. I think means a large brain and it's a huge turn on for me. But anyways, well, there's a famous story about her going to Hull and trying to get into one of the bars, the nightclubs over in Hull across from Ottawa and they wouldn't let her in. And they said, uh, and she goes, do you not know who I am? He goes, yeah, we know who you are. You're Alanis. Ah, no. He goes, you're Alanis. Is that after Jagged Little Pill? No, this is before. He goes, okay. you're, you're Alanis and you're a, and you're a 17 year old pop star. So get the hell out of here. Well, you know, it's stupid business, but anyways, I, I'm not going to comment on the man. I don't know who didn't let her in, but there is YouTube footage of Paul McCartney. Uh, you know, a hundred years after the Beatles not getting into a, uh, I think it was a party at either the Cannes Film Festival or somewhere. And it's on, it's like they won't let him in. It's some dumb bouncer doesn't know the Beatles is. It's they unbelievable. Could, it could have been a fire marshal. They could have been a capacity. It, it, it no, could no, have been just no, the dude, rules. Dude, no, no. It was, a, it, you know what it was? It was an Academy Award party. And they hired security. And, you know, you can imagine Hollywood's, you know, with yeah. the fucking security. And they didn't know who he was. So that was it. He That's was an ridiculous. old guy. Fucking 
Paul McCartney. All right, let's talk wrestling, please. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, for those of you who don't know already, I have Spenny from uh, legendary Canadian hit comedy show, Kenny vs. Spenny. Thanks for coming on the show, Spenny. How are you? How are things? And, uh, well, I'm not comfortable with legendary, but Kenny is, of course. He's very comfortable with that. Well, um, uh, I love talking wrestling, but I've never really got to discuss it in a more general sense than, you know, specifically what's on SmackDown and Raw now, because the reality is I'm married. I've got kids. If I had the WWE network, uh, my wife would divorce me. You know, I'm an old dude, but I've got a lot of roots in wrestling and I love it. So yeah. let's keep it general. And it I is, think we'll it's, it's, it's general and it's wide open. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know, but you have blogged, you know, you've done several blogs about uh, wrestling and a lot uh, of people nobody knows <laughs> well they need to know because these blogs are nobody you know cares. They're, they're, nobody cares they're two years just, well the people that listen to this show will care they're two years old but a lot of them how are many still, do you have six or seven there's six or seven of them like oh oh of people there's uh i think we, well we have about 350 subscribers right now so that's all right that's good only, that's good right. we're almost hitting our year point so we're hitting our so i'm our wasting targets. your time instead of you're wasting my time that's perfect no no this is fantastic but a lot right, of your good. stuff, a lot of your stuff, still pertains to this day. Like your your uh, you know your blog on managers and stuff like that. You know, like it's kind of a lost art. Well, what I did was I did it was one of my favorite comedy pieces. I pretended that I found a brochure in my father when he my father passed away in a suitcase that was the American professional managers brochure. It was a school where you learn to manage. <laughs> And I did up a mock brochure. And by the way, again, this is a, a general stuff, but you know, the missing manager in wrestling for me is a heartbreaker. It's not a deal breaker, it's a heartbreaker. I'll never break the deal with professional wrestling. I grew up on it, I'll love it till the day I die, no matter what it is. Uh, Vince McMahon will always be God, that kind of thing. But where are these great, you know, Heenan, uh, you know, Ernie Roth, of course, the great weasel and Abdullah Farouk. You know, whereas uh, Paul Bear, all these guys were so funny. Yeah. And, that, and it was comedy. It, it was comedy. Let's be honest. There's no way around it. Bobby Heenan was one of the greatest comedians of our time. I don't care. You know, you can. I know he wrestled. I know a lot about him. But he was funny and he knew he was funny. I, I say the same thing about Ric Flair. I mean, come on. Oh, of course. Like, even, well, even in Bobby Heenan's wrestling as a manager... It was more cartoony than actually wrestling. It was just animated. It was looked like something Edward Bugs Bunny. Well, you remember? Uh, you know what his uh, wrestling name was the for Weasel. a while, anyways. Or, or the Brain? No, no. no? Bef before before that? that, when he was just a wrestler, yeah, Pretty Boy Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Boy. He was. The young no, blonde he wasn't. That, that was the comedy. He's, there was nothing pretty about him. I mean, that's wrestling. He dyed his hair. You know, he, it, they're all doing Gorgeous George, a, a version of. The yes. original, you know, gorgeous George shtick, but it's shtick and it's comedy and I love it. The problem with me now, frankly, is that it's too athletic based, you know, and I like the athletics. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like the comedy has gone down and the athletics has gone up and I don't see them as mutually exclusive. I need more funny for me to really, really at the only time that absolute horror was my thing is my hero and i still to this day you know on my important tweets for no reason hashtag him which is ed fairhat the original chic yeah because what i think and heenan by the way have said, has said this publicly the greatest heel that ever lived and i was a young kid going to maple leaf gardens and most sunday nights that i could go and this guy the chic who who ran a promotion out of detroit in kobo arena 
was to this day in terms of entertainment and i have to realize that i was young and impressionable was the scariest character i've ever seen because it was live right like when i first saw the sheik i was a child and he was so good yeah he was so scary and he understood his thing to the point where he never spoke publicly to this day i can't find one single word maybe sabu has it of ed Fairhat talking mm-hmm. normally yeah. there's this video they the horrible documentary that was done in japan on him and you see him in his home but he's still doing the character. He's eating contracts. He's like eating paper. <laughs> and he's in his home, but he's still got he's got the, the, the outfit on. And what I wouldn't give, frankly, for just a little, you know, a shoot tape with Ed Fairhat, a shoot interview, that would be that would be better than porn for me, to be honest. I can only imagine because it would be insane. Uh, when I was a kid, he came and uh, wrestled in my hometown and I was at the show, the first wrestling show I ever went to. And uh, yeah. No, in Arnprior, a small little town outside of Ottawa. And okay. uh, he scared the shit out of me. Him and Sweet Daddy Siki were the two most memorable things, and a bear. But, um, but Siki, Siki wasn't a heel, to my recollection. No, no, not, I, a, not at all. Not at all. People just hated him because... Yeah. He because he's black. Yeah, he's be black. Honest, because he's black. It's black 19, with blonde hair. You don't do that. Yeah, 1984. But like, I remember seeing the Sheik and just like, you know, you knew the Iron Sheik was at this point almost a cartoon. So to see the of original course. Sheik, you know, it's like, oh my god, and it was well, just I love, a violent. By the match. way, I love the Iron. I love the Iron Sheik. He was on Kenny versus Benny. Yes. And every time I say the Sheik, everybody thinks it's the Iron Sheik of a certain generation. I'm keeping both memories alive, frankly, because I love Iron Sheik. He's a fucking god. He, you know, Madison Square Garden. You know, he won the fucking title. Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about the Iron Sheik, but there really is only one original Sheik. Yes. And with the, and it was hardcore wrestling. I mean, it was there was no pretense of anything. It was just get out the pencil or the the shiv or whatever the fuck he had and start carving up heads and arms you know and that was and that's why when i did kenny versus benny i mean i think only the true wrestling aficionados if any have ever watched that show would realize that me getting cut and me asking uh, tyson ducks to cut my head and bleed and thank god i bled incredibly well i mean i was amazed it was like a cover of a 70s wrestling magazine (laughs) that was like one of the greatest moments of my life and no one understands why how that could be but they didn't. They weren't a little kid at Maple Leaf Gardens, you know. They weren't a part of that '70s bloody. I mean, I remember we used to go to Buffalo Memorial Auditorium with my cousin Jonathan to see more blood. There was more blood in the states than there was at Maple Leaf Gardens. The only time I saw excessive blood at Maple Leaf Gardens was uh, Macho Man versus Tito Santana for the Intercontinental Belt. Have yeah. no idea what year it was, and there was tons of blood. And I remember just, oh my God, this is great in Toronto. It was incredible. Who was bleeding? Was Tito bleeding, or is I imagine Macho Man? You know what? I'm pretty sure it was Tito, but I don't remember. I just remember there was, and I remember I had great seats, which is always so critical to these things, right? Yeah. I just I remember I was like fourth row ringside, and there it was, and it was you know. Growing up with wrestling and TV, the live shows were really, really special. As you know, I, I'm old, right? Like I saw Ernie Ladd, I saw Bobo Brazil. Yeah, obviously the, the original Sheik. I, I'm much more versed in that generation of wrestlers live than I am with the WWF or the WWF or the WWE. I still go to shows, 
Yeah. But I, you know, it was every Sunday, Maple Leaf Gardens, Frank Tunney presents a Frank Tunney car. Campero Furpo will be battling <laughs> against, you know, that was at the gardens, Jim Moore. You know, that was how I grew up. And I'll never, ever forget it. And the thing that bugs me most about, you know, you get people, these haughty toddy people, it's like, Spenny, how can you like wrestling? It's so fake. And it's oh, like, please. did you ever see The Godfather? And they go, yeah, what a great movie. I go, what's the fucking difference? They're all, both fake. All the time. They're both acting. They're both, this is live. It's, you, you suspend your disbelief. If you're young enough, then you don't even have to do that. And it's so entertaining and fun and it's stupid. It is stupid. And I'm sure, you know, you have to say that. The thing is, they're trying to, with the athleticism, they're trying to sort of legitimize it more than I think it should be. It should be like a sideshow, man. That's what I love. You know, George the Animal Steel, Uncle Elmer. Yeah. Like, where are those guys? They're all gone now. There's nobody. They all have physiques now. They're all athletic. Yeah. There's, but, well, there's, I think there's a trend of, of fatter guys coming back, I've noticed, but they're all athletic fat guys. Like, they're not, they're not bashed well, in that's boogers. What's they're, from Samoa, Samoa Joe, right? These guys. Yeah. And I like it. And don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. I like it. It's better than no wrestling. But you know what? I'm just unapologetic about it. I remember a lot of laughing, a lot. Like the greatest match I ever saw, okay? And you'd appreciate this clearly because you're of certain vintage. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. I'm 45. All right. Yeah. So it's humiliating that you're doing this for a living. But anyways, um, (laughs) just just kidding, just kidding. Look what I'm doing. So it was Jesse the Body Ventura. This is Maple Leaf Gardens versus Uncle Elmer. Do you remember Uncle Elmer? Yes, of course. He, he, Jesse uh, interrupted his wedding on Saturday Night's main event. No, this was live. This was a. Sh- uh, this was the match. So oh, no, it's but, one I, of those but I know, like, there's. I know that Uncle Elmer and Jesse feuded for sure. I remember that. Yeah. Don't be insecure. We know you know your stuff. You know more than me. You better. You have, you have your own podcast. So basically what happened was, I'm sure one of the wrestlers canceled or didn't get into the country, right? So they had a time deficit. So they needed one match to last, you know, 20 minutes that would normally last nine. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and it, I, I, my, I'm just speculating, but I, it, I think it was this match. So, so basically what happened was uh, Jesse came into the ring, did his shtick. Elmer came in. He had the cowbell around his head, the overalls, the whole thing. <laughs> 600 pounds whatever the fuck he was the dumb cat on and <laughs> and it was like this tremendous build-up that took it seemed like forever it was probably six or seven minutes before they started and as soon as the bell rung jesse ventura walked up uncle elmer grabbed his cowbell and hit him and uh, sorry <laughs> he tried to grab the cowbell elmer took it from him and zapped jesse in the head the governor and you could hear the cowbell ring in the gray seats at Maple Leaf Gardens way up high. Huh. And Jesse did one of those great, you know, where you fall over, but you're kind of, you know, kind of Ric Flair moves, you know, where you fall. Yeah. And then then to kill 10 extra minutes, they had the, the stretcher come in. That's when you know they're, they're, they're short time, right? They're, they're short. They're short a wrestler because yeah. they took 10 minutes to get him out of the ring. And he clearly wasn't injured. It was just, the guy's a Navy SEAL, for Christ's sake. In, 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 order, in order to stretch, they actually use a stretcher which is beautiful yeah and and we all waited and i just thought that was the funniest thing it was it was kaufman-esque if i may if i dare may mix my comedy with my wrestling it was wonderful and by the way uh for those of you 300 or so that listen and the millions more that will follow uh you have to see andy kaufman's uh, i'm from hollywood which is the document yeah it's a doc you know what it is the documentary about his wrestling career you know, cut out all the interviews with all the fake shit and just go to the Lawler stuff and the stuff he did on Mem- in Memphis. It's some of the greatest 
funniest. I don't it's, know. I don't consider wrestling. It's on another level because Kaufman's involved. But man, well, what a great marriage! It's uh, it it's beautiful. it's beautiful, and uh, he's like a well, he's obviously a hero of mine. I'm a I'm a comedian that's obsessed with wrestling, so everything I can. Well, my buddy Mark Mark Blutman, who's a Hollywood writer now. Yeah. For years now, he was he worked on one of those shows I can't remember some big American network show. Anyways, he used to be a comedian at the Yuck Yuck Circuit, and he used to be the crusher comic. I've always was, I've seen his eight by ten up in in some of the yes, older clubs. Yes, yeah, with the mask on. Yeah, with the mask That's on, reading the newspaper. Mark. That's my friend Mark. He'd come out into the nightclub and he'd start going, shut up, all the people. And he did this wrestling shtick. Of course, it didn't have legs for his career, so he became a writer. Very talented guy. I love him. But, no, uh, I also remember reading of him in a wrestling magazine, too, an interview with Crusher yes. Comic. Yes, I have that somewhere. Yes, and he's in the uh, he's in a like a whirlpool in his Hollywood mansion. He's yeah. basically doing what Kaufman did years before Kaufman did it. Frankly, it totally was. But he didn't do the wrestling. He just did the comic. God, the reason why Kaufman's so legendary in this realm is that he let you know, like me, I hate to put myself in the same category, but he got suplexed. He took some bumps. I did too. Oh yeah, yeah, and and he sold. <laughs> he was there's a, you know when you're talking about greatest sellers of all time, uh, he sold that pile driver for how many years? You know, <laughs> he wore that neck brace oh, everywhere. Oh, you're right. He was he was both. He was piled. Yeah, he did both. He did, he was suplexed and he had a pile driver. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that that Lawler has the Batmobile, one of the uh, six uh, on camera Batmobiles from the series? I do know that. Yeah. I have. I a, guess I'm only mentioning it because I saw a picture of him in his Batmobile yesterday or on Twitter <laughs> the day before. I bet she sits in it like once a day. I know I would. I'd be like, you know, I don't know. Like the Batmobile wouldn't be the car for me. You know, there uh, maybe Kit from Knight Rider would be the car that I would want. You know, in my living room, that would be the. I'm best. not into cars. I'm into guitars, baby. But yeah, no, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's everybody. Every here's my theory on this, and this is we're gonna veer off from wrestling for just a sec. That's is okay. that when you're young and you don't have the responsibility of adulthood, which clearly you've never had, but when you do get there, you'll understand <laughs> what I mean. That is the time that the music and the movies, the music you listen to and the movies that you watched will stay with you forever. Oh, yeah. And you wonder, is it just because I'm getting old? No, you've gotten busy. You've gotten harassed by life. But then you had the capacity to absorb these movies in a way you can no longer do because you just don't have the time. So I think that's my explanation for why, you know, you're stuck on, you know, the whatever that car was you just said. And I'm stuck on the Batmobile because I was that right age for the original Batman series with yeah. Adam West, right? Of course. You like my theory? It's a no, good theory. It, it makes sense. Totally. It's it why, does make sense. Well, I've never heard anybody say it. It might actually be original, which is remarkable. You know, it's still to this day, you know, when I see Hulk Hogan, He's still like the guy. He was my favorite first. And to this day, when I still see him, you know, I still watch the videos. I still watch everything and I, he I does. I bet you, I bet you $100 that the age I used to see the Sheik, the original Sheik, and your age when you show Hulk Hogan are no longer than five years apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a bet on that. I'm probably going to lose money, but whatever. No, no. I and was... I welch on all my bets, so don't even try to collect. Oh, no, no. Uh, let's see. I got into Hogan. I was 11 years old. when Because Hogan, that's go. what got me into wrestling. So, definitely. Go. It's definitely going to be within five bucks. years. 
You owe me a hundred bucks. You got it. Oh yeah, for sure. Plus that's plus that's sixty five thousand you're giving me for this uh, interview, right? Of course, and that's in Bitcoin, by the way. So <laughs> in Bitcoin, yeah, it's, it's all Perfect. Bitcoin. We only Perfect. pay our guests. In I don't know Bitcoin. what that is, but I'll take it. I, I, look, I, got, I literally, I'm playing a club music uh, on the twenty second in Kingston, and my I said I'd do it for free because i don't need the money from the music i just love playing it and i try to and i love money i'm a slimy jew so i try to turn it into money if the show goes well right then yeah. i say okay next time we'll do it so they gave me a two four of beer but this is the best a two four of beer but it was like the factory second so they go some of them might be half filled <laughs> so anyways i'm not going to name the brewery they're wonderful they make great beer they're just giving me the dregs that's all right. Somebody's got right. to. Somebody's got to get them. Ticket, right? Yeah. I got a fine night near my house. I don't have to tour. I don't have to get on a plane or a bus or a train. I'm happy. I'm a happy guy. No, if you can gig in your hometown, it's fantastic. There you go. There's got to be reasons why you and Dan Aykroyd stay there. You know, and the tragic happens as well. He hasn't been here for a thousand years. Oh, I saw him. He still pops up in around town every now and again. Well, he has a cottage here. He goes in the summer to that. I don't know the lake, Elliot Lake, or something where all the hockey players and rich people are. <laughs> I saw him rumbling down. Uh, he is a god to me. So uh, another fucking comedic god. Yes, one hundred percent. Fred Garvin, Fred Garvin, male prostitute, pound for pound, is up there with anything SCTV ever did. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, I think I think so too. I uh, when you look at Bill Hader and you watch his success on Science Live. I don't think there could have been a Bill Hader without a Dan Aykroyd. They do a lot of the well, same here, impersonations. Here's the thing. Here's I'm going to prove my theory. Okay, is that I I've heard of Bill Hader. Of course, I know what he looks like. But as I got older, and the responsibilities of being a father and a productive member of society or productive-ish member of society, I don't watch Saturday anymore. <laughs> so no wonder my favorite guys were the guys when I had the time to watch it. Right, Belushi, yeah. Aykroyd. Yeah, but that totally Fuck, makes sense. We gotta, we gotta make some money off this theory, buddy. How do we do that? Well, it's just, uh, it's just, yeah. It, well, it is. No, well, you don't know. Just be honest. Say I don't know. I have a podcast, wrestling podcast. No, the I first know. thing you have to do is you have to brand the theory with a clever name. That's the first thing. All right. Well, you're in for two percent if you can figure that out. <laughs> I have no idea. That's literally two percent. My All favorite. Right. Give no. me some wrestling stuff. Give me some wrestling stuff. All right. Well, let's. Uh, well, can we talk about um, the episode that you did where you went to become a wrestler versus uh, oh, Kenny versus Benny? One, one of the greatest things ever. Kenny's always historically thought it was one of our weaker episodes. Oh, it's I not. don't think it was the best. I thought Yarp Yarp was incredible. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, except for the fact, typical Kenny. You know, a monster character that's comedic. Okay, I get it. It's like uh, the gobbledygook. But, you know, you got to wrestle. You got to have some fucking, but he's too lazy. But I do love Yarp Yarp, and I'm, I'd love to do a rematch with him. I've got the whole thing planned out. And the thing when we did that show, which I'm proud of, which was at that point in his wrestling history, kayfabe was over, kayfabe whatever was done, right? So we did it like that. We didn't have any pretense that was that it was real. We, we played the reality of the wrestling business at the time. And I'm sort of proud of that. You know, I hated the way, and no offense to the people who lent us the ring, it was still a garage. And maybe that works for some people, but of yeah. course I wanted to walk down the rampway, you know, <laughs> you know, not WrestleMania. I'm not that egomaniacal, but like something better than that, but we couldn't afford it. Uh, a Gladys, uh, I love that I had my ring guys, the gentleman, and Gladys, my mother, who escorted me 
down the fake runway. There was a lot of stuff going on. My favorite moment in that show, well, beyond working with the Iron Sheik, which was surreal, but was uh, the Megan brothers. I'm sure you know them. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they, they produced uh, the Iron Sheik's documentary, and uh, and they handle the Sheik Sweet right Daddy now. Sweet Daddy Yeah. And Sweet Daddy Seeky. And Sweet Daddy Seeky's, yeah. That's on CBC right yeah. now. And, and so he was the announcer. And by the way, I'm completely aware of how important, like, you know, when Jesse and Vince are on the mic, like that is part of the whole entertainment thing of wrestling, right? <laughs> like all that stuff i fucking love it and, you know gorilla monsoon i don't care who it is some are better than others see yeah. michael cole's too straight i i like the more you know jr i like the people that are just over the top comedy ish announcers and that's an art in and of itself mm-hmm. so it one is. of the megan brothers was the announcer and my wrestling persona was the nice guy and at one point, they're giving me, they're pummeling me, right? They're ganging up on me. What do they call it? A beatdown or whatever the wrestling parlance yeah. is. And he's on the announcing table. Of course, I didn't even hear it until we started editing the show and I heard it. He goes, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> happened to a nicer guy. Which to me was like a brilliant thing to say. And so perfect for that whole wrestling genre. But that, uh, yeah. just briefly like that wrestling show was amazing. I was suplexed. I'm doing a, actually a rematch with Tyson at Jan, you know, Jan Murphy. He hooked yeah, us course. up. At, yeah. He's doing his uh, comedy wrestling. I hope you come. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll be there for sure. Yeah, for sure. I was at last before. year's. I was at last year's one. Great event. Jan is a dear friend. I love him to death. And, you know, a wrestling fucking maniac. I mean, he's like on steroids uh, for wrestling compared to me. And, um, yeah, so uh, we're doing a rematch with me, uh, Nice Guy versus Tyson Ducks. And, uh, yeah, that, that experience was just surreal for me, you know, and, and painful, you know, because this is where you get a taste of what these uh, professional men and ladies go through on a day-to-day basis, and they work like dogs, as we know. And it hurts. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guitar player, and my back's sore from playing guitar. I can't imagine you know, having to do that day in day out, strain on their bodies day night after night. You know, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it, and and that episode is so great. First of all, the first thing I noticed was because uh, I rewatched it uh, the other night as how young Tyson is because I've watched him wrestle around town lately, and he's so yeah, he's got the beard. Oh, he's so young and baby faced there with the blonde hair, the no beard. Well, he's a heel now, by the way. So it sort of works for wh- where he's going in his career. I think he's a heel now, isn't he? I think so, too. It's well, it's so hard to tell with indie wrestling who's heel and who's face because fans just cheer who they want to cheer for. So, Which is another problem. And let's get into that. I, I assume I'm going to make the assumption that you've seen the uh, A&E uh, Brett Hitman Hart uh, wrestling, with, wrestling Shadows with Shadows. Wrestling Shadows, yeah. Now, that movie is great for so many reasons that go well beyond just a great wrestling documentary because he touches on that point where there was no good guy, bad guy anymore, which Mm -hmm. I guess was the beginning of the Attitude Era, right? Where the bad guys actually became the good guys. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I'm a fucking... I don't know, you know? But I kind of miss that delineation a little bit and i understand how it's not sophisticated and why wwe so here's the thing you can't criticize wwe because they'll always say uh we made a billion dollars last year yeah right so you know and that's what they're really into i mean only fucking geeks like me 
really care about the, you know <laughs> the minutiae things about managers and this and that i mean i'm sure in the office they're not really thinking about how to save wrestling they're figuring out how to you know increase the uh, earnings for their stockholders right it's a public company yeah exactly so you can never win these arguments so you can only sort of blather on like i'm doing right now you know in some masturbatory you know rant about what wrestling should be or could be or should be but you know you can't really win but i'm still gonna rant well i'd like it to be a combination of i do like the athleticism of a lot of the wrestling today but i do like the carnival style that i grew up on and i wish like the wwe should be a good medium between the both or at least open up a sub channel you know monsters and managers channel you know i don't know like you know no but the truth is the truth is let me tell you something i'm i'm about 10 years older than you it sounds like and i gotta be honest with you things die vaudeville was around and jack benny and you know the marx brothers and 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 some of them adapted and went to television or radio and everything else dies oh and it's over I agree. And that's what that area is. It's never coming back the way we loved it. And you just have to accept it. But I, I'm just not going to quit complaining about it. It's like that's that. All. It's like that for me and hair metal. I love 80s hair metal and, and it's gone. And the only way you See, get it I is. I celebrate. I celebrate the death of that shite. But anyways, that's me. <laughs> but, How can you like that shit? It's, uh, so stupid. <laughs> it's, the, it's the era that I grew up in. And yeah, uh, there's my theory. Yeah. And to this day, that's a great, that's a great theory. You know why that's a great example of the theory? Because here you have music I like, which is good and uh, rootsy and political and philosophical. And then the garbage you like, yeah. but you're a bright guy and you still like that garbage. Why? Because of my theory. Yeah. I think we should call, I think it should be called a uh, throwback theory. Throwback theory. All right. Should I copyright it? You can copyright it. Okay. You got to pay for it. <laughs> I'm I got, too cheap to co- copyright anything. I got many bits of coin all all in this cup I have right here, so it's very. <laughs> I'm not good. accepting I, Bitcoin. I, I thought about it. I'm not accepting Bitcoin until I know what it is and how how I can get a Guinness with it. I'm not <laughs> accepting it. So the Iron Sheik puts you in the camel clutch. That was crazy. Uh, you know, a lot of people forget about the Iron Sheik is how many guys he actually trained that became legendary wrestlers, like the Rick Steamboats, the Rick Flairs. Uh, he the, trained them. Yeah, he was the trainer. He was Vern Gagne's number one I trainer. And I he, didn't know that. And he trained all these great wrestlers, and he was a workhorse and a dictator. And like Rick Steamboat has talked about it and says those those uh, those training sessions in Vern's farm were uh, insane. And if you made it through, you made them, it through. Did he make them swing that Iranian ball? Do you remember that thing? The or whatever that was, he would swell the the pins. Remember no. the big pins? <laughs> the big, those big pins. The, no, he never the did. contest. Yeah, he'd do that in the middle of the ring with Fred Blassie, uh, another great oh, manager. Fred Blassie, there, that's a beauty right there, man. That, that, you know, it's Blassie's like in that that genre of man that's to me Sinatra, Dean Martin. Yeah. They're all gone. Yeah, guys that call girls broads and they meant it. They oh. were being sticky guy you know this is a keister it's funny because the dvd copy i have of the uh kaufman wrestling movie also from has Hollywood, breakfast with blassie right on the back yeah yes i have and the same he, he dvd looks yeah. at the uh the waitress they're having breakfast and he goes look at that keister and he says that <laughs> keister is i that's the greatest name for a band i've ever heard in my life keister yeah but anyway 
But that's so I'm true. I'm old. I'm babbling. You can see no, me in the old folks home. But I love it. I love, I love breakfast with Blassie. I always wanted to make brunch with Brett. That would be my dream. And I wanted to uh, reshoot it like scene for scene. Like I'd get off the bus and walk to the the diner that Brett and I would have brunch in. And, and it would just be and ideal. Get in line. Get in line, buddy. Get in line. I'm in that line. You know, the, the closest thing I got to meeting a real life Blassie was this guy named Freddie Schwartz. And he was in a movie Kenny and I did years ago called Pitch. And he ran a, it was like an, uh, a company out of a hotel, like one of their bungalows. He was so cool, a New York Jew who ended yeah. up in L.A. And he had Casablanca Tours, which was a tour bus that would take you to see the stars' homes. Okay. And this guy was so incredibly funny and old school, a little mafia, a little all that shit. You know, he had all that fucking Joe Pesci shit going on. He was amazing. And he took me to the Magic Castle. And by the way, I throw magic into, you know, good magic. But now, you know, there's no there's really no magic anymore because between Penn and Teller giving everything away, you know yeah. what I mean? Everybody goes sophisticated. But I loved a good magic show when I was a kid. You can still enjoy it much like I enjoy wrestling. Like kayfabe is dead and I understand all the workings of wrestling. But now I just appreciate yeah. how they do things. Like good if you point. if you if I was watching if I was watching magic and I can figure out how they did it and I'm like that's really clever I wouldn't have thought of that I'm glad I saw it you know I would just watch it that's the way I watch comedy now it's very hard for me to enjoy comedy as a fan because when I watch what's going on I was like oh I see how I, I see what he's doing or my I'll I'll think about what he's doing why but, he's but, doing but it imagine but ima wait a second but imagine being a somewhat intelligent person, and I'm, I hate to say this because I really try to be kind to everybody, but I'm pretty sure when I would go to Maple Leaf Gardens, the average IQ of the people that went with me were very low, very low, I'm telling you. And imagine, though, uh, the sophisticated, you know, upper middle class guy seeing wrestling at that point they must have known it was fake because any adult that didn't know it was fake like a kid gets a buy right okay you're a kid yeah you don't know my cousin never told me i i figured it was real i was very young i was younger than 11 by the way yeah but i think i'm within that five years that you owe me 100 bucks thing. <laughs> but anyways honestly like you know it, it's 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 like movies like there's a thing you know we talk about it like that but every movie you've ever seen you knew wasn't real right so why don't you put that under the same microscope you don't yeah 100 percent. i'm always like that i even said my so i brought my friends uh my friend and his kids his kids are 11 and 9 they don't watch wrestling because he's not a wrestling fan but i said you take i'm like these kids know who wrestlers are because the kids in school i was like why are you depriving them of something one of the best things of childhood pro wrestling and well, that's like you know it's a it's a violence thing and, and all that politically correct stuff uh, which may or may fooey. not be partially true it, yeah, it, it's no more violent than any of the superhero movies that they're going to see it's uh, well, it's much less violent it's it, much it, less is. Violent. it is so so you're so anyways but 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 here's the but uh, the well ecw would be the modern precursor but the original chic that mm -hmm. was violent more violent than the movies because it was live and there was blood and there was there was it was sadistic i mean that was the pleasure i got from it was how bad abdullah the butcher is another one i should have honorable mention because he's canadian <laughs> well there, he was another one that i would see live mostly in buffalo believe it or not more than maple leaf gardens is it, is it coincidence <laughs> well, that they share the same river he's from windsor he's from detroit uh -huh. They must, right. It must be the Detroit River water. 
See, this is why you so have a show. Crazy. This is why you have a show because you make uh, <laughs> observations. I never thought about. It. That's what comics do. <laughs> well, you're a comic. You do. You yeah, do. but that joke, that joke's going to go over well in yuck yucks. They're going to look at you like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did I just pay for? Yeah, I hope I, you have more. I hope you have more uh, relatable material. I'm sure you do. No, I have a whole different set. I do wrestling jokes when I open up for wrestlers, and I do comedy when I do comedy. So, yeah. So it's uh, okay. I, I okay, here, I'm gonna check. Okay, quick. I, I didn't think this would go 40 minutes, but you're pretty cool. So I'm enjoying myself, and I'm, I've had a few drinks, and I'm feeling good. <laughs> so listen to me. Listen to me. Funniest wrestler of all time. Oh, you know, I'm not saying this because um, he's from Toronto. Just say it. Santino Morello is a very, very, very funny character. That he's funny. The, that the guy that plays Santino he plays them so well and I'll, I'll be honest yeah. when i see him now i just want him to be santino so much it's like i miss because santino was so entertaining and everything they gave him was very good and entertaining as well but you know like you go back to the 80s like santino had a lot of his stuff written for him so he has of an course, advantage of, of a, they're in show business it's but, the same nightmare that actors deal with but yeah. you but you know what nobody wrote for rowdy roddy piper who was hilarious he was always he very funny improvise. he could improvise he right? could he improvise oh rick Get flair mic, rick said. flair very funny i don't think they really wrote for guys back then to no, be honest with you but the funny ones yeah. could get through you know i always thought lanny poffo's work with mr perfect and how gay he played wow. the genius was very funny wow. honestly i'm not gonna argue with you i'm gonna look it up and then disagree with you but i, <laughs> I actually uh you know what uh, let me look that up i, I lanny i know because i did a, one of my blogs or whatever you call it on the shoot interview yeah and i'm gonna come to the who's the funniest wrestler vis-a-vis the funniest shoot interview guy right and to me and you may disagree, is the honky-tonk man. I don't think anybody touches him. He is, uh, every story I've heard about him from other wrestlers, about how cheap he is, which is, you know, the same Groucho. I mean, it's all, like, if you're in a Jewish comedy, cheap is everything, right? It's all, <laughs> yeah. you know, Woody Allen, uh, you're so beautiful, I can barely keep my eye on the meter. I mean, it's all about money and saving money. I just think honky-tonk man is, uh, and I, in fact, I, I said, Jan, you got to book honky-tonk because he's doing Ken Shamrock, he's been doing, who's the other guy he just brought in? I I said, and he said, no, he's impossible to work with, which I probably think is true. But uh, fuck, he's funny. He is funny. He is funny. His stories are funny. I used to sing and dance. I used to dance like him. As I always thought his dancing yeah. was funny. Like the it's way hard. he... Well, it's an Elvis. He's doing Elvis, right? I know, it's but I, I never saw Elvis do the move where he's like one arm's over his head going one way and the other arm's behind his back going the other way. Like it's this one move that he does. And I was like... I've never seen Elvis do that move, but it's my favorite move. Elvis, Elvis had some funny moves. I, I'll be honest with you. Oh, Elvis. But, uh, yeah, I have to see the move. I mean, you've given me lots of homework. I'm going to have to look up Lenny Poffo and go on YouTube. Well, and Lenny, isn't that also, the greatest thing? Also, Lenny Poffo was also funny for this reason, where he was the only preliminary wrestler, tomato can squash guy, jabroni, that would actually get a, a segment where he'd get to read a poem making fun of oh, his the, opponents. Yes, the yeah, and the then genius, the minute so he throws the, the poem out, he gets beat up by those opponents. <laughs> that's what we love. That's the, that's the vaudeville shtick. That's the Three Stooges. I mean, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, now I've got kids, right? And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is what's happened. They've, you know, at least my oldest girl has become a Disney kid. And it's just, mm. 
you know, I'm a Warner Brothers fucking give me Daffy Duck and and fuck Mickey Mouse. Uh, give me Bugs Bunny and fuck Goofy, you know, and I had moments where she would watch that stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't, you know, she's going to walk around like a Disney princess, no matter unless you abuse her, you know, unless you lock her in her room. So there's no there's no escape from it. And I don't know where I was going or what I'm talking about at this point. Uh, so I'll take it over to you because uh, it's something to do with something. But you cannot. There was a parallel that I was trying to draw. The problem is the second parallel line has completely been obliterated in my brain. So. <laughs> well, I, my- I don't even know. I just think it, I just think in the end it all comes back to wrestling. And, uh, you know, <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. Well, no, it does. It does. Everything does. I, you'll take any analogy. I'll take any analogy and I'll compare it to wrestling. Like when I first saw Kenny versus Benny, I thought two things. Well, there's a huge analogy there. Thought, Kenny doesn't want to admit it, but there's a huge analogy. Well, there. number one, I thought Kenny versus Benny was, this is modern day spy versus spy. But then. No, no. But wait, I have to stop you. I have to, I have to stop you. You, think okay. about it think about what you're saying well it's not you're smart it's not spy it's versus not. spy because why is it not why is it not spy versus spy? because there's the no part. payoff with humiliation at the end of no. spy versus well, spy that's, that's obvious but it, spy versus spy they were equally as evil and cunning yes that's true right Whereas, that was the, that was spy versus spy the white guy would come back at the black guy the black guy would come back at the white guy with kenny versus spenny you had the you know only child you know, moralist, whatever you want to call me, douchebag, you know, against the cunning Machiavellian. You right? don't feel and, you don't feel that most of the Kenny versus Benny's, I think you come across as a face and Kenny's clearly the heel. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But in Spy versus Spy, there's no face and they're both heels. Oh, I just thought the white was light and the and the dark was dark. Well, so the, there's more homework for me. I, I'm pretty sure that when I watched Spy versus, when I used to read it in Mad Magazine, that they both came at each other. Oh, I look at equally. it like you're 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 the white spy and Kenny's the black spy. Clearly, because well, if that's the way you looked at it, you're right. But I'm not sure that that's an accurate depiction of spy versus spy, and it might be. You know, and other it could be. You know, it's also Coyote versus Roadrunner. You know, who's the heel and who's the? We all assume the Roadrunner's the face, but yeah, you know, I mean, I always saw it. I always saw it as a, a sort of. A, comedy sitcom reality take on wrestling because it's the same guys competing every week that's the way i look at it the only problem was is that our show was less fake than wrestling yes right that was the problem so you know so those guys had to take the bumps and the broken bones which i had a few of them but not as many so i don't it's not like i had it any easier than them i'm not saying that i'm just saying that we tried to make it real where they didn't even try that they tried to make it fake but safe you know it's a yeah. different because it's so much more physical of but uh, that, that's the downside with kenny versus spending was that if it was completely fake and manufactured like wrestling nobody would have liked it in my opinion but the payoff i always thought at the end with the humiliation i compared to like uh, a long so each episode is like a long feud between two rivals and at the end, you lose in a right. gimmick match, a, a hair versus hair it match, a, or it, you know, it, it had a structure. And by the way, that kind of structure, though not the same, exists in most reality TV shows. Oh, it's reality! Survivor, it's voting off somebody, and you know, in a game show, it's who won the money. You well, know? that's the I thing. Mean, WWE was doing reality television before anyone else. Well, I've publicly said there's two people that I, I when people talk about what we do and where it came from, uh, the first and foremost is Tom Green, yeah. who didn't do anything that was had a beginning, middle and end. He was a vignette guy, but he was 
in reality cavorting with normal people doing shit, which is what Kenny and I did to a certain extent. And then, of course, um, there's uh, uh, Jackass. There's a third one. Jackass is there. They're, to me, not comedic, I, even though that's funny. Yeah. And I laugh at them. It's not what you and I would probably think of as comedy. It's just doing stupid shit and laughing, right? It's not, there's no art to it other than the, taking the risk. A couple, exactly. couple times I've seen it where the, the, the concept of what they were doing was funny in and of itself. So I, maybe that's not a fair assessment. So that was, uh, there was another linchpin in what we do, and I've forgotten. Sorry, I, it's been a long day already. But I've it's been all right. No, no, you're, but yeah, I know what you're, you're totally on the line. Like, you know, you look at the Jackass and the Tom Green and what you guys are doing, and that's all in the same realm as well as, uh, you know. Oh, I know. The other person was Ozzy Osbourne, right? Which was the, the Osbournes. Oh, the Osbournes, yeah, the show. It was really the first sitcom, reality sitcom. But it didn't have any competition element, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think that oh, we're really a hybrid between Ozzy Osbourne, a little bit of Jackass, and then what are the other one I said? Tom Green. Yeah. So you you're, know, you're uh, like you throw those three in a blender. Nice glass of Kenny versus Benny. Kind of, kind of, yeah. And maybe Survivor or one of the shows where there's a clear competition, you know, because that was what we did. But it's definitely wrestling. I will say that, even though it's all those three, there is a definite wrestling influence to it. No, no question about it, man. Yeah. You know, he he's the heel. And again, it's the same problem we discussed earlier where, you know, and I my ego is very solid. I love what I do and who I am, so I can honestly say, yeah, most people like the bad guy. And that's okay. You know, that's what it is now. Uh, <laughs> we did the show, uh, we would we would consult in different countries that were doing the format of the show. Yes. And when we went to a different country that had a different culture, uh, I'm speaking specifically about Colombia, uh, where the guy who was the Spenny guy, because they didn't understand that this show has to be real, the competitions have to be real. They didn't mm-hmm. quite get that. But his thing was, I don't want to be Spenny. Right? They didn't want it. Be, uh, he 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 wanted to be the good guy that won, not the good guy that <laughs> lost. Right? Yeah. And that's just a cultural. It's just a cultural difference that explains the attitude era in wrestling. It explains the Sopranos, and you know. Bad guys are, you know, let's say sexy for one of a better word. And yeah. I don't mean that literally with Kenny, clearly. But, uh, you know, they're, they're more fun to watch, right, than good guys. So, you know, rather than fight against it, you know, or change who I am fundamentally, I just went with it. So I refer to myself as a reverse heel. Yeah, I would say so. Because you do heelish things all the time. No, I don't. I try not to. I do it very rarely. I mean, I, I may have a temper, but but look at the situation I'm in. No, the guy who plays by the rules is the bad guy. That's what I'm saying in the culture. Yeah, I guess so. We eh? live in the rap world with criminals. Everybody loves the criminals, the bad guys, and the bling, and the money, and the guns. It's so right? true. And I'm against. The, I'm talking about IBS and talking about gorilla habitats, and you know, I'm the I'm the lame guy now. And ra- like I said, I I, I embrace it because that's who I am. And fucking it worked you know thank god i embraced it and thank god kenny's a scumbag <laughs> yeah or we'd have nothing charlie no it's uh, it's it's truly the the reputations of both of you are sort of that yeah yeah exactly you know i can't imagine uh even having ever having kenny on the show what it would be like you know well he wouldn't do a show like this <laughs> i mean just be, i'll be blatantly honest with you he would never do a show i can't get him to come out to a wrestling event 
That's Kenny's insane. a fucking douche. I love him to death. Don't get me wrong. And I need him to make my money. But at the same time, yeah, he's a bit of a snob and a douche. And he's very careful about his celebrity. I don't give a fucking shit. I just, you're into wrestling. I'm going to talk wrestling because I love it and I want to promote it. And I want to, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you out. And I help myself out because I get to talk about all this shit. Oh, it's fantastic. But, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. Yeah. I'm glad you came on. So we yeah. should, and, uh, you know. Pretty much Just wrap remember, it up. Kenny would, Kenny would go, how many followers does he have? Yeah, well, it's, it's up. He'd he he hear your number and he'd run away. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but, but that's him. That's He's that guy. That's why it's real. Oh, jeepers. That's... Uh, uh, I'll try right, not wrap to, it up. Wrap it up. I'll wrap try not up. to go to his bar of, anymore. I'm running out of e, e liquid here. <laughs> we are going to wrap it up, uh, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us, Kenny. I'm uh, Spenny. Enough with Kenny. Oh, nice just one. Nice Spenny. one. You yeah. us. We, we can't get we, it right. We were just talking about him. Hey, uh, Spenny. Where can we find you online? And uh, what's what do you got going on right now? Well, Bruce, um, we're <laughs> we're uh, we're off for the summer essentially, and I'm doing my music stuff. So I'm playing at the Spearhead Pub on the 22nd. I'm not making a nickel, but I love the place and I get free beer and hopefully it'll turn into something down the road. Uh, that's on the 22nd in Kingston. Sweet. And then uh, I'm doing I'm doing music stuff. It's a comedy music show that I'm doing with Marvel and DC illustrator named Tony Gray. It's a long story. I can't explain it, but it's pretty hilarious. We're going to roll it out on the <clears throat> the promos on the uh, new, uh, the whatever it's called, the media, social media. And then as uh, September, it's back to KVS Live and uh you know, doing awesome. those shit shows. Yeah. And they can find you on the Twitter. They can find me on the Twitter at, at Spenny on Facebook at Spencer Spenny Rice, uh, which is the fan page, which is the only one I pay attention to. And I'm on Instagram, but I don't even control that account because I don't know what it is or why uh, it's too much. <laughs> like, I can barely handle two. So I, a guy named Brandon bird from Ottawa, you may know him. Yeah. I think uh, I know. Yeah. Brandon handles my Instagram account and uh, yeah. So, it's all good and i uh, wish you all the best in what you're doing i love uh, wrestling and we'll see you comedy, december so. we'll see you december 1st let's have a drink sometime yeah let's for sure let know when you're in town we'll go out for a, a guinness sounds great awesome we'll talk to you we'll catch and up with you later and an toshin have you had that yet Oshin toshin no i haven't are you a scotch drinker no well i will be oh you're such a loser all right <laughs> anyways uh, i look forward to that and uh thank you for the time thanks benny talk to you later have a great one all right, folks, there you heard it. Uh, that was our interview with Spenny. Uh, thank you for listening and letting us put a headlock on your ears. Uh, this has been a fun episode of Talking Wrestling. If you've listened all the way here, you know, do us a favor and hit the like or subscribe or rate or re- hit us up. Read, rate, review, subscribe, help us out. Uh, let us keep growing and grow with us. Um, thanks a lot. You guys have been a lot of fun today. Have a great day, and uh, we'll see you again real, real soon, like next week. Okay, bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 